Hello everyone and welcome to another edition of Films on Trial. This week, Magic Mike. I'm Gav. I'm Alex. I'm Dave. I'm Joel. And I'm Austin. And just like Magic Mike, we work all day, but we work it all night. Ah, nice. It's probably the best one, isn't it? And the most relevant as well. <laughs> so if you've never heard the show before, basically we take a film and we put it on trial. There'll also be a whole host of other hilarious shenanigans, including a caption contest, a quiz, some terrible impressions, a biffy song or two, and a whole host of banter. Just to say that this episode does contain spoilers about Magic Mike. So if you haven't watched the film and you do want to, please switch off now. Otherwise, let's get going. Oh, just another uh, just another quick note to say that there will be some expletives said in this episode. Um, just like the word f*** and bullshit as well. <laughs> I think they've got it. Yeah. Did you get that? <laughs> right, okay. So um, last week we put Shadow of a Vampire on trial. Alex, you were the judge and you decided that the film should be placed on the shit list. You've since watched the film since making your verdict. Do you think that you placed it on the right list? I put it on the right list. I find it quite boring. So yeah, I'm happy with my decision. All right. Well, thank you very much, Alex. And before we get on to the bulk of the show, why don't we have a little bit of news? Whatever, you know what I'm trying to do here, you know what I'm trying to do. Sounds good. (laughs) Does anyone know what the name of that song is called, by the way? Is it The Stripper? (laughs) It's just The Stripper. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, I look for that in work as well, and for some reason the uh, the Wi-Fi flagged up that I was looking at inappropriate content. You just Googled The Stripper. (laughs) (laughs) just Googled The Stripper, yeah. Uh, So what we do here is we all go around in a circle and we talk about some of the most noteworthy news of the week, and I think we should start by talking about the just-released trailer for the new film Suspiria, or the remake of Suspiria. Has everyone had a chance to actually watch it? Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. This yep. is going to be good, seeing as what happened to the original <laughs> Suspiria. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it just If you're listening to this show for the first time, basically we already placed the original 1977 version of Suspiria on trial, and it didn't go down that well. In fact, Joel and Alex are fist-bumping here in celebration <laughs> because the two of them tanked the film and ended up having well, it placed... You- I think your arguments helped. No, I think my arguments were sound, to be honest. I think it was one of the most biased and unprofessional trials I've Un- ever... Unprofessional? Yeah, oh, I, I disagree with that An bit. Unprofessional I've, been, I've sat through some more unbiased trials. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so um, so here we go, right? Honest opinion. Joel, you thought that the original version wasn't scary because there's been a whole host of more, I don't know, terrifying films since 1977. What did you make of this trailer for the remake did you think it was creepy mm, no not at all I, I thought it just well if i didn't like the original i probably disliked the trailer even more. <laughs> it was just a nothing trailer for me it didn't make you excited it didn't set any type of creepy atmosphere just nothing i concur i and I, this is after watching the trailer for hereditary which has just been out and i found that the exact opposite i found it very creepy without knowing why i don't even know the plot to hereditary i found that trailer was really suspenseful this one, it was just seemed a collection of images and I felt nothing, just dancing. I said, no, nothing. Okay, Dave, what did you think of it? I liked it. I thought it was a good trailer. I probably will watch this, but I did like the original, bear in mind. I wouldn't say it was It was not the creepiest the trailers have seen. I'll admit Hereditary has taken the gong for that one this month. But it, it's piqued my interest. It still looks interesting. 
It's uh, I'm I'm intrigued to, to as much of a point. I'm just watching Gav writhing in agony. What have you done, mate? I just, oh, really knocked my knuckle and it really hurt. <laughs> was that disgusted in what angry. you said? <laughs> <laughs> he punched the wall in disgust. Oh, I could have got away with that as well. Yeah, that it was, wouldn't have been for you, pesky kids. It was. Well, you're making quite a big show about it. You Sorry, know, it's just man, it really really hurt. Uh, Dave, you're a big fan of music as well. Are you surprised that Tom York is doing the soundtrack for this? I am, but I'm, I'm, again, I'm intrigued. It's another one intrigued I yeah. think is the word I just it, he's a great songwriter we know that let's see what he can do as a composer I think he'll do a good job to be. If, if the music from the trailer was his so far so good that piqued my interest far more than the trailer the fact that Tom York's doing the music I'm far more into that okay and obviously as the only member of the team who was out of the original recording of Suspiria do you think that it ended up on the right list yes or no I've never seen Suspiria. I'm going to guess that it's probably on the right list. Hey. On the right, it ended up on the shit list, by the way. Yeah, no, he knows what he said, Gav. <laughs> no, <laughs> just, no, he, no, he doesn't. I'm giving you the opportunity to say it again. <laughs> Whatever, it doesn't matter anyway. Um, so, <laughs> shut up, Ozzy. Thank you very much for nothing, all of you. And we're going to move on to I some... I was on your side. Oh, uh, apart from Dave, we're going to move on to some Biffy section that Alex does. <laughs> <laughs> thanks that, th- thanks for that intro uh right so for film feels this week um i was thinking of one which would seem pretty obvious what's the saddest film or saddest you've ever been watching a film i did say before what's the film you've all cried at and you all went oh i don't cry because you don't have tear ducts because we're men we never said that I think, I think our exact words were i don't think i've ever cried at a film we didn't yeah, blow sure. it out of the water I, I i did just then sorry um <laughs> so no for, for me the saddest like films i think i've watched um oddly enough it's when i was a kid and i still feel it now uh, the wizard of oz always seems to get me i get really sad at certain bits in that film which bit uh it's the bit where toto gets away and runs over the little drawbridge and she goes away <laughs> i know i know i know i know I'm, I'm just being honest with you and it runs away and dorothy's just made up that toto's got away but she doesn't know that toto's gone to go and get help i just love that bit it just gets me every time it's, it's a heartbreaker it's it? a heartbreak it breaks my heart yeah I, I, yeah, genuinely. Um, which other bit in the Wizard of Oz? Mm, what do you mean? I, I feel like I feel like you're leading me down a path. No, here. no. You said bits, and that was just one bit. It doesn't well, matter. other bits, but I think I've talked enough. I think I've I've, I've opened up enough. Let's let's. I'm going to open it to the room now. Anyone got a sad film? I remember being really really sad watching Spirited Away. Yeah, that's a pretty sad film. I haven't watched it in ages. I just remember feeling distinctly sad. Why are you laughing? Why are you saying it? Because <laughs> yeah. uh, I'm masking my pain. All right, <laughs> <laughs> we're all men. We got to mask it with laughter, so, right? So sorry, free for me. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, I watched yeah, that. Yeah, 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 good one. I'm with yeah. you on that one. I watched yeah. that. On the what when they're going down towards the uh, the lava lava pit? One of the first bit when they're hands. going to the yeah no it wasn't that's terminated too mate that was pretty fucking that was pretty upset too yeah. the llama the, the, the my memory's terrible <laughs> <laughs> did you say the llama pit the llama pit. <laughs> terminator genesis yeah, I think you're right though I think it is I think it does have to be kids films that really just yes. go for the go for the feels as it were whether we watch them as kids or whether we watch them as adults like Toy Story three something about kids films you know there's just a it seems so much more serious like Inside Out I watched them as adult there's a bit in that, that Got me that right. Is, no, you're right. Yeah, no, it does. That was a heartbreaking moment. I, I haven't actually seen Inside Out, but oh, it's fantastic. I have had the oh, same sort of yeah. feels um, during Wally and the beginning of Up as well. Yeah, okay. got yeah, the beginning yeah. of oh, the Up. Beginning of yeah. Up is sad. It's kids' films. I don't know what it is. It yeah, just seems yeah. to draw it out of you. I think I it's know. because it lulls you into a false sense of security that you're going to be watching a kids' film and then it's like, pow! Actually, cry, Rich cry for me, cry now, cry now. Can I throw a list at you? Popular 
Guy Cry films. Guy Cry? Wikipedia. Is that a thing? So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to fire them out to say yes or no. Shawshank Redemption. Uh, no, don't, no, don't cry. No. Armageddon. No. 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 <laughs> I cry how shit it is, baby. <laughs> Terms of Endearment. No. 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 Field of Dreams. No. No. Yes. Yeah, yeah, once again. No. Cried cry with yeah, boredom. Yeah. <laughs> Saving Private Ryan. No. Uh, Which no. bit? I mean, it's no not a sad idea. film, is These it? are not sad films, but yeah, this yeah. is popular films that guys cry. Well, it's okay to have cried it. I mean, probably if I went into a pub and was like, hey guys, who's cried at the Wizard of Oz? Do you know? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's not going to go down well, but if you're like, yeah, a, a manly tear rolled down my cheek was saving Private Ryan, man, no, you know, yeah. and the bodies were getting blown up by bazookas. It was just made me really sad, you know? So I think these are okay guy cry films. You know? I, I will admit that I almost cried during the um, 2007 Transformers film. But that was <laughs> you did. I, I was with you yeah. afterwards you were in floods of tears that was for an entirely different book of reason to say that. <laughs> anyway thank you very much for that alex that was a very very good film feel and i'm sorry for slacking you off beforehand no you're not <laughs> and on the last episode <laughs> <laughs> yeah throughout the last episode as well and um, just a quick one to say can anybody smell that oh. I, thought we'd, I thought we'd fuck this off too. <laughs> why would you say that <laughs> He's <laughs> got a tear coming down, coming down his face. That's my time but, to shine. Why would, would you have said just Austin like that? <laughs> but I've got to point out, Gav, that was note perfect. When you yeah, were thinking of something to say to Joel, you were, when you start thinking about Anger the piano playing, you it, got yeah. it. <laughs> anyway, it doesn't matter what you guys think. <laughs> so this week, The Rock has said that this might be he might never wrestle again. His never. body is too... His body Old. is, well, too fragile and valuable yeah can't, um, <laughs> yeah yeah that's fair he, he's too, bu- to too busy with hollywood and he can't he can't afford to get injured again so he's saying well he can afford to get injured but yeah, yeah. <laughs> has he has he so been up, all up in the ring then throwing people around getting thrown about i didn't i, no, I, I, I saw that retired a lot time, anyway yeah he's sort of the rumors now spreading based on things he said recently that he might he might not come back yeah mm. so bearing in mind it. that from when he was an active wrestler he's probably about twice the size to be fair, and because he's not doing it regularly, he's not training every single day for wrestling, he's going to be more prone to injuries. So if he steps in the ring, he's probably more likely to kind of tweak or, you know, pull something. Uh, sorry, I just... <laughs> <laughs> just, just, just really tweak. delve into the sports. Yeah. 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 They're wrestling terms, <laughs> all right, guys? <laughs> long, long, tweaking and pulling things. <laughs> long story short, The Rock might never wrestle again. Mm. That's fine. But I, how, how do you feel about that, Gav? Um, that, that gives him more time to appear in great films so yeah I'm oh. happy <laughs> great films like Rampage <laughs> <laughs> okay right. nice. um, okay so I think we should delve into the film so as I said before if you've never heard this show before basically we take a film and we put it on trial all of our films are taken out of the hat at random and this week it is the turn of Magic Mike all of the roles just like the film are picked at random. So in the role of defense this week and trying to get the film placed on the hit list, it's going to be my good self. In the role of prosecution and trying to condemn the film to the shit list is going to be Joel. And in the roles of character witness, witness are going to be Alex and Austin. And they're basically just going to lend their genuine opinion to throw a little bit of weight behind either side of the argument. And then in the most important role in the show is Captain Dave, and he is going to be playing our judge this week. And basically, his role is to listen to both arguments and decide which list the film should be placed on based solely on the arguments put to him and not his own opinion. Okay, so before we actually get started... 
with the trial, I think we should give the listeners a bit of an overview as to what the film's about by rolling our We Live Impressions. Okay, it's landed on me. Um, <laughs> I think and this is the first since we've actually yeah, been using the Wheel of Impressions, isn't it? Yeah, the, the wheel gave you a break. I know, yeah, yeah. I've been rigging but, it every single week. But, until today. Until today. Um, so, I, what, what, in, in what style should I read out the synopsis? I think Matthew Mahonahy. Yeah, he's got the most distinctive accent, surely. <laughs> it's a tricky one, but go for it. Um, oh, uh, okay, um... Uh, <laughs> it's gonna end up like Christopher Walken. <laughs> <laughs> you can do it. Come on. A, a male stripper teaches a younger performer how to party, pick up women, and make easy money. All hey. right, all right. <laughs> hey, very nice. nice. No, really good. Nice. No walking good. in that whatsoever. I was impressed. Yeah. Okay. Thanks, guys. Uh, right. So, without further hesitation. Captain Dave, would you like to kick things off, please? Yeah, okay. So I've actually never seen Magic Mike. I was I was thinking about watching it, but I thought, you know what? I'm judging. Let's stay completely impartial. So there is no prior opinion to this whatsoever. I have not seen it. You'd rather see the real thing, wouldn't you, Dave? I would. I would. Well, to be honest with you, Cat did say, tell me it's coming to the West End with Channing Tatum in it. Is it? But it's not while I'm in London next. So, you know, but you never know. Maybe I will see it live. But that's a, that's a po- national podcast. It's getting easier and easier to get to London these days. <laughs> <laughs> that's a story for another the time but so yeah i have no prior opinion about this whatsoever so who would like to go first i think i'll go joel, first yeah joel take it away <laughs> just because i think uh y- you may want to hear this beforehand um, so, <laughs> please please <laughs> go on so, so these may or may not be my views i just want to kind of start with that because <laughs> that I am, means they're not that I, I gonna, <laughs> 100% not no i i am gonna go uh pretty hard from the start oh wow. uh, <laughs> <laughs> so so from the get-go this film massively objectifies men had the film featured females rather than male strippers there would be just a massive massive mainstream backlash you know it'd be kind of classed as disgusting ob- objectification what? denigration of women you know women eyeballing men is just as sexist as men eyeballing women it's complete double standards at its absolute Oh my finest. God, honestly, what a complete crock of shit. <laughs> yeah, you, you will get your turn. You, you hush now. It's not discreet either. From, from the opening scene, Matthew McConaughey just gets completely naked. And like, I'm not, a, a, you know, kind of generalizing here, but I, I Googled this and women have like magic Mike parties where they all gather around, uh, you know, <laughs> they get some drinks in and they just watch magic Mike for the, for the whole thing of seeing, you know, Shannon Tatum, Matthew McConaughey, all those guys kind of get, you know, kind of naked. And then I'm just going to flip that round again. Imagine if this was a female stripper film and it had like all the hottest female celebrities in it and the lads got all together, got some beers in and we're going to watch it again. There would probably happen to me. Everyone what we're doing after this. Would just be, <laughs> would just be uh, you know, in uproar really. And if what you look for is gender equality, it's got to be applicable to both genders. You can't have it one way for men and one way for women. And some of the reviews, excuse me, mentioned the bodies of the men and how ripped they were, their abs, their thighs, all that type of thing. It's like if you were a male and you were like reviewing the Avengers or something and you said like how good Scarlett Johansson's arse looked in her catsuit or something like that. It's exactly the same thing. So again, I don't know how you can say it for the men and you can't say it for the women. It's one rule for one and one rule for another. 
And, you know, it, it's fine to comment on the physique or the dedication to training to get into the role, but you can't go into into massive detail on the subject's body just because he's a man. Shouldn't be acceptable. Uh, but anyway, on to the film. The first half of the film, and this is uh, literally what it is, is just literally stripping and dancing. There's very, very little story. And when the story does show itself, it's just really boring and it's a very, very conventional one. I had... You know, it's it's got the achievement actually of the more you get into the story, the less involved in the field in the film you actually feel. The whole film kind of revolves around Mike. There are kind of other characters in there, but it doesn't really bother to flesh any of them out, and you don't really seem to care about any of them either. And you know, I'm going to compare this a little bit to a Full Monty. Uh, and in the Full Monty, it was kind of necessity that drove them to strip in. They were desperate. They had no money. They were kind of down on life and they decided, you know, we'll give it a go. And here you kind of, you get you get told that Mike doesn't get paid an awful lot, but there's no real connection ever made between that and his decision to start stripping. There's little pride in his kind of uh, work and there's no obvious shame in his work either. His aim just seems to be to save enough money to realize his true ambition, which is completely random, and that's to uh, start a superior custom-built furniture firm. Uh, backstage, whenever the strippers are backstage, there's all, always this kind of typical laddish behaviour and the film does absolutely nothing to kind of deviate from any type of kind of male stereotype uh, around what you may think uh, like a male stripper would act like. Uh, the, the romance in the film between Mike and Brooke was just very, very forced. It was not genuine whatsoever. Uh, the connection between the two was just absolutely terrible. And it played third wheel, really, to, to strip in and the story, which was terrible. So you can imagine how bad the, the actual romance is. Uh, as I said from the start, the film just isn't original. It takes no real risks at, at all. It only kind of briefly touches on the issue of aging uh, within the kind of stripping, uh, you know, professional arena, if you want. And it kind of briefly touches on the mafia kind of muscling into, into the business as well. The, the the dancing pretty much nearly always <laughs> involves Matthew McConaughey getting butt naked <laughs> every single time. It, it, That's what people want to see, mate. It's, it, it, <laughs> I didn't hear you complain once when I was sending you those screenshots oh, over the weekend. To, to the point where Gav was freeze-framing it and sending me the pictures. Uh, <laughs> we all got those pictures, mate. <laughs> Um, and, and then it kind of flips to the audience sometimes, to, to obviously which the, the men are kind of dancing to. And it's always... Um, like I don't want to kind of generalize again here, but they're always kind of really pretty, kind of you know almost supermodel type women. There's no kind of it doesn't accurately portray. I don't think the kind of everyday woman. They're they're all pretty. There's no kind of absolutely um, variation in them, shall we say? And to sum up, really, this is a movie that appeals to a very very niche audience, and the rest of us. I think I've gone off the director's reputation. I won't try and pronounce his name because I can't say it. Um, and given like his past work, I think a lot of people expected more. Um, so as I say, it's one rule for, for men and one rule for women here. Okay, thank you, Joel. Some interesting points there. So just to round up for you quickly, Gav, uh, it says suffers from a comparison to the full Monty, 
which uh, I did like as a film. He says that the uh, characterization is poor. Mike is the only developed character. There's no chemistry between him and, and Brooke, was it? Uh, it's unoriginal. The storyline's not so good. It would have done well to uh, to have gone down the aging side of things of the, as the strippers get older. That would have been a more interesting story. And he's also said that this objectifies men. And were the shoe on the other foot, were the role, uh, gender roles reversed, we would basically have to slate this film. It, there would be no saving it. And I, I would actually disagree with that. I will start off by saying week after week, Joel hasn't mentioned anything about gender equality in films at all, right? And now all of a sudden, he's fucking lambasting Magic Mike. Is, is that anything to do with this? Yes, it is, to be honest. Because no, it's not. this film is about the stripping industry. You know, it's, it, it's, this, this is about that sort of kind of what uh, I read an interview with Shannon Teeth and he was talking about sort of mob mentality and he was saying the difference between men and women going to go and see a stripping show and that women won't or majority uh, the majority of them won't go there for arousal or titillation they'll go there as a, as a night out as a bit of a fun and a bit of a laugh to have a bit of a giggle with their friends and that's what this is about it's like having an Anne Summers party it's like having you know all uh, a, a book club that all reads Fifty Shades of Grey it's about kind getting those women together and having a bit of a laugh having a drink and watching young men get their tops off and that's what it's about it's about i I did read that interview but shannon tatum made the film so he is gonna say that yeah no yeah but i reckon if you spoke to the majority of them they see this is about strippers and it's a and their job is essentially to use their bodies so it's completely different from as you said ogling a, a superhero or scarlett johansson saying oh she's got a great arse in the avengers this is about them taking their clothes off and using their bodies for their job so us saying oh they've got a great great body is like a compliment because you know that's essentially their job and anyway i'm getting off topic right like what, what, uh, what I'd like to say is Magic Mike tells the story of a young 19-year-old lad, and this is who it's about. We think it's about Mike, essentially, but it's not. It's about this young lad who's taken under the wing of an experienced and cool male stripper and drawn into the exotic world of show business. Shyam reluctant to first, he eventually embraces the lifestyle and becomes an enormous hit with the ladies. See, when I first saw the adverts for this film, I must admit that I did judge it. I thought, like, Joel, oh, this is just going to be completely exploitative. I thought that it would be a shallow cash grab with the sole pair to titillate rather than entertain similar to sort of 50 shades of gray as i mentioned before so i was actually really presently surprised when i watched the film because i found that it was a really well written and at times tender coming of age film this is a much deeper film than i had originally thought and once you get past the veneer of the glossy stripper lifestyle you see that these characters are more complex than expected and the story is more well-rounded mike's character as joel mentioned before is having to work three jobs to make ends meet but he dreams of starting up his own furniture selling business he has struggled and he has strived to save enough money for a down payment on a loan but because of who he is and what he does he's denied there's the constant feel that this life he is living is a thriller minute but when you're deeper into it you actually realize that he it's inescapable and it's constantly drawing him back no matter how much he struggles to get away from it when we're introduced to alex pettifer's character mike takes him under his wing and a friendship blossoms this relationship is actually really really sweet and what starts off as friends it becomes sort of like a brotherly connection with mike realizing that this lifestyle is dangerous and struggling to keep adam on course whilst also trying to keep his own shit together as well Mike makes this incredible sacrifice later on when he pays off Adam's debt to a drug gang, which results in him being left with absolutely nothing. But in the background, a blossoming relationship has been forming between Mike and Adam's sister. 
Um, see, what starts off as this sort of fun and light-hearted film, as Joel said, you know, it starts off with just all this stripping and dancing and fun. Once you actually peel back the layers of the lifestyle, it shows that there's actually some depravity there. And, you know, there's, there's a much darker tone, which delves into a lot of drug use. And even though Mike, le- Mike is left almost penniless after his sacrifice at the end, he actually walks away from the stripping game, which is a sacrifice, which is actually really satisfying from the audience's perspective because we know how hard it was for him to do. Um, Joel mentioned slightly before about the dance sequences. I think they're absolutely incredible. I mean, I, I don't like a lot of modern-day musicals. Joel's <laughs> laughing, but no, they, they are in, uh, incredibly well-filmed. And the choreography is absolutely seamless. How many I mean, uh, frames per second is it? <laughs> <laughs> I'd say like camera angles per second. I tell you right now, honestly, that's one of the reasons I was impressed. Because you watch a modern <laughs> musical these days, and it's split over about you know like sixty to hundred different camera angles. You know, there's lots of use of like CGI and special effects, and you can't actually tell what's real and what's not, and you can't appreciate the actual actors performing. But with this, it was really long, drawn out shots, and you can see the entire stage, and you could see that it was actually. Channing Tatum and everybody else up there doing the dance moves and they'd gone through all the choreography and they were putting on a hell of a show and it was really really interesting and really enjoyable to watch as well there's a real feel of realism to it as well as the dialogue feels at times almost improvisational Uh, Tatum is absolutely on fire throughout his dialogue it just seems so real there's a scene later on where he has an argument with Brooke who is Alex's sister and it's not slick, it's not eloquent. He stumbles, he fluffs his lines, he keeps on kind of going back and forth, he hesitates. It just feels really real. I mean, how many times are you in an argument and you are able to sort of deliver an like eloquent, just eloquent speech without any interruptions or hesitations or pauses? And essentially, that's what it's like in real life. And it just seems like an actual genuine fight. Uh, just to talk a little bit about the film itself, I mean, it was one of the top 25 most successful films of all of 2012, making well over 160 million globally. But that's not just impressive in itself. When you look at actually how much the film was made for, it was made on a shoestring budget for something like 7 million. So it grossed almost, you know, 153 million globally. I think just on on the whole, it's a very subtle, layered film, but it's never, ever that far away from just being really enjoyable and fun. Okay, thank you, Gav. So to rebut some of Joel's points, Gav has said that... um it, it's it's different to ogling the uh, the gender reversal thing. Is it doesn't shouldn't matter really. He says it's deeper than expected. The story is better than expected. The characters are more developed than expected. But just because it's better than it was expected doesn't necessarily mean it's good. So Austin and Alex, I would like your opinions. Can I just ask Gav just one thing beforehand, please, please. Uh, <laughs> if it was females rather than males, would you be sat here saying the same thing? It would probably be different. I mean, at the end of the day. It's, you could compare it to the film Striptease with Demi Moore. I mean, it's been a while since I've seen that film, but that told uh, everyone about the complexities of you know, a stripper's life and it was you know, more complex and it wasn't just a case of getting up there and doing a dance and it all being you know, kind of fine and that there are sort of those deeper com- complexities behind the scenes. And what, what I've did never you think... heard anyone say a bad word about Striptease. <laughs> <laughs> and what did you think of Matthew McConaughey's art? I absolutely loved Matthew McConaughey's arse, to be honest. Like, if a film's got Matthew McConaughey's arse in it, you know that it can't be bad. 
I, can, I think everybody, regardless of sexuality and gender, can appreciate Matthew McConaughey's bare I, ass. I'm going to strike that point from consideration. <laughs> <for> <laughs> I might fall back on it later, but Austin, <laughs> a- Alex, what do you guys think? Um, I'm going to actually agree with most of what Gav says there. Uh, I, I think, you know, I think Joel has an interesting point when he's saying, is it objectifying? And if you switched it around, I think we'd be right. We'd be sat here saying that's terrible. But, and, and I can't, I haven't quite figured out why, but it's, it isn't, isn't the same. You know, it's not the culture that where we've had a film like Magic Mike before, you know, is it objectifying about men? I think it's about objectification. It's about strippers. I think that's what Gav was saying. So yeah, it's a, it's about that, you know, so is it objectifying them? No, it's showing, you know, it's a real thing that happens and it's a film about strippers. So it's about objectification and talking about it. So I don't think it is objectifying them particularly. Uh, and I agree when, when Dav, uh, Gav was saying it's like quite subtle and it's layered, but it really enjoyable as well. Like I, I definitely found that from it. I think Channing Tatum is on fire. Like he really is. He just like bullseye on this film. And with Steven Soderbergh as well, both of them working together, just absolutely fantastic. The dialogue does feel really real. I disagree with Joel about the romance. I thought the romance was really believable. And I was, I was, in, I was engaged with it the entire film. But those dance sequences, I loved them. Like I was, I was, I was flipping back to watch certain parts of the dance sequences. Whatever, I was. I really enjoyed them. Was it the bit with Matthew McConaughey's bare ass? Not Matthew McConaughey's bare ass. Listen to this. I've asked the Roe to listen to the podcast. I watched, I watched it with Roe, and we were both massively enjoying, probably for different reasons. But we were both massively enjoying them. The dancing was fantastic, and the music and everything, and the way it was shot. So, no, I thought the sequences were fantastic. And um, yeah, so I, I really enjoyed this film. And I, I sort of see what Joel is going for, but I don't think it's quite fair because we live in a we live in a culture where men aren't objectified at all. And I think it's interesting to have a film where we're even discussing our men being objectified. So for that very reason, I'm glad Magic Mike has been made and we're having that conversation. Okay, and Austin, your opinions? I was uh, pleasantly surprised Uh about Joel bringing up the, his arguments there about you know the objectification in actual fact, I didn't think anybody was going to mention it, but I didn't. It was a, it sort of glorifies the, the whole uh, stripper feel, but I didn't think it was. It wasn't quite as bad as Joel made out there. But you, you know, it, but it's a film about strippers, as Gav says, so it's quite, you know, it's quite quite obvious that that's the what it's going to be about. It's going to be a lot of dancing, a lot of very buff men, and. Um, the thing Joel sort of touched on there is there aren't actually that many women in the film, you know, worth talking about, to be honest with you. It is just the men. It is just the dancing. And it tells a story that you wouldn't have, uh, you know, you wouldn't really expect. It's not what I expected, to be perfectly honest. So, yeah. But were you pleased? After your expectations were, say, like 50%. Did to be they, fair, did my, they expect- exceed them? <laughs> my expectations were probably... Twenty eighty, neither way, and it, um, yeah, it definitely exceeded my expectations. Okay, thank you, gentlemen. I have things to consider. Second arguments. Any further points? Who would like to go first on this one? Joel, Gavin, any? Go, go on, then I'll go first. All so right. I just want to talk a little bit about the cast and the characters. So, firstly, talking about the main man, Magic Mike himself, Channing Tatum, as Alex picked up a little bit before there. I thought he absolutely excelled in this role. I mean, you probably all know from reading trivia or just general pop culture knowledge that this is sort of a semi-autobiographical film for him because he has previously worked as a dancer and a stripper. Um, and his talents are on full display here. He, he is just absolutely brilliant on that stage. Every single dance number he does is just captivating. But also, he's funny and he's charming and he shows that he's got an actual really 
tender and deep side to him. I think before this film, we'd only seen him in sort of like the dancey kind of rom-coms where it was just he was put there to be the eye candy. I think just before this film came out, we had 21 Jump Street, where he showed that he can actually do a really funny side as well. And with this, he showed that he's actually more well-rounded. He's, 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 he can actually do deep, meaningful, and serious roles as well. Um, he has a real chemistry with Alex Pettifer as well, and he has a real chemistry with, with Horn as, as well. Um, I think it's absolutely brilliant in every scene they appear in together. It seems really genuine. I'll definitely disagree with what Joel was saying about the romance. Within this, it was more believable. It wasn't sort of that, that usual kind of stereotypical Hollywood romance where it's just like they meet each other for the first time, they fall in love, and every single bit of dialogue they have is just like out of a playbook of you know, Romeo and Juliet's greatest bits or whatever this is like kind of complex just a normal relationship i'd say alex pettifer i thought he was absolutely brilliant as the naive young lads who was immersed in the stripper lifestyle until it consumes him he has very truthful interactions with both horn and tatum uh, he's very effective at portraying somebody going off the deep end as well there's a couple of scenes later on where he is affected by substance abuse and financial worries and i think he plays them just as well as he does the sort of naive young lad right at the beginning uh, Matthew McConaughey, absolutely tremendous here. Uh, during the full film, I was just, you know, you just can't take your eyes off him, especially the bit where he took his pants off. He's uh, <laughs> equal parts charismatic and repulsive, which I think is really hard to portray. I mean, he's sort of like the, the, this sort of charismatic, charming guy who welcomes all the audiences into the show. He's really kind of, um, he's, 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 he's really engaging with his cast backstage, but also he's really sly and repulsive and slimy. It's very, very hard to balance, but he does it really well. He throws absolutely everything into it, it, it becoming that character, including that unflattering shot of his full-on bumhole, which I did screen grab and sent to absolutely everybody in the yeah. Film Central. <laughs> it was. I thought it was amazing because you could almost see what he had for breakfast that day. Um, so, <laughs> also just wanted to talk about Horn. Um, she was very good at playing the concerned and overprotective sister who is rightfully cautious of her brother's new lifestyle. Um, she's a constant pillar, reminding Mike that all the glitz and glamour is just an illusion, and she is the only one to show faith in his entrepreneurial side as well. There's also great performances from uh, Mag. Maganiello, Maganiello, how many times do we have to mess up this name? Maganiello and uh, uh, Big Sexy himself, Kevin Nash, as the rest <laughs> of the kings of Tampa, who behind the curtains are just insecure and uneventful. I mean, I think that's one of the good films about uh, good things about this film is that it has this sort of glitz and glamour on the stage. But when you get backstage, you think it's going to be all sort of laughs and jokes, and some of it's just quite boring. And it's like, well, you know. They're not on 100% of the time and, you know, you don't have to be funny and this big presence backstage. They're just kind of sitting off. I, I thought it was a great turn by Olivia Munn as well, who I just think is absolutely brilliant. She acts as the one redeeming factor of Mike's lifestyle who, once she is exited, compounds Mike's feelings of emptiness. I think she was absolutely brilliant in it. And, yeah, on, on the whole, I think all the all the cast did a really good job. Uh, really well-rounded uh, characters as well that really develop and blossom as the film goes on. Okay, thank you, Gav. Um, so that was essentially on characters, so I'd like to hear Joel's opinion. Um, Gav says everyone does a great job, really. Uh, particular shout-outs to Channing Tatum, Alex Pettifer, uh, Matthew McConaughey and Cody Horn. But apparently supporting cast were up to scratch as well. Joel, anything to add to that? 
Um, yeah, I couldn't disagree more, really. I think I agree with Gav on the Matthew McConaughey um, kind of aspect. I think he does give the best performance, but I don't think it's actually a good thing here because I think he pretty much steals the scene from, from everybody else who he's with. And I think Shannon Tatum, um, like I think, again, as Gav says, he's absolutely spot on, but he's spot on at playing one character and he plays the same character in every single film. And that's kind of oh. the, the low, <laughs> the low IQ kind of jock type character. Look at fucking Brucey. <laughs> <laughs> he's, he's full on Macaulay Culkin from Home Alone. <laughs> so to repeat, he's the full on kind of uh, bemused, low IQ jock type character. He has got no emotional kind of range in his facial expressions whatsoever. Um, and I would kind of level that same insult, I think, at Cody Horn. She's absolutely terrible. She shows no emotion in the most emotional scenes that she has with Mike. And again, the kind of expressions on her face range from nothing to just absolutely blank. The character development as well, I feel, is absolutely terrible. I feel like this is just a really generic story with a stripping storyline kind of um, almost kind of front and center. If you took that away, it'd just be the most generic, boring story. It's just kind of like showing that strippers are people too. They have hearts. Not not that it's much of a redemption story, but it's just kind of showing, like I said, that strippers have hearts and he, he kind of comes good in the end, as you would always expect. Um, and yeah, I think that's pretty much it on the cast, as I kind of mentioned in my first point. The rest of them are all really, really forgettable. It might kind of take center stage. Um, Matthew Mahonaghy, as I say, when, whenever he's on, he just absolutely steals the show and you almost kind of forget anybody else is even there. And that is to the, to the detriment of everybody else, I feel. Okay, thank you, Joel. So, character witnesses, I've got a pretty contrasting thing here. The only thing I seem to agree on is that McConaughey does a great job, but uh, Joel differs with Gav on the rest of the cast, um, Channing Tatum in particular, and Cody Horn, who, which I think got uh, Alex's back up a little bit there. <laughs> so... Uh, yeah. Clarify this one for me, guys. Are the performances good or not? In in the, in the most part, I would say the performances are excellent. I I really like Channing Tatum in this. I think he does quite a subtle. That's a shocker. <laughs> I do love Channing. <laughs> do love Channing Tatum. So I was always going to. But no, I th- I think in this, this is one of the first films I watched where I thought like, wow, this guy has got it. You know, because I, I did I did used to think a little bit like Joel. You know, I used to think. 22 Jump Street, 21 Jump Street, yeah, jock, you know, without much more, but he can do a bit of comedy. Magic Mike, he just shows that he's got such so much more to him than just that. It was a perfect role for him. He's got great depth, and some of my favourite scenes are with Cody Horn because a lot comes out. Her prejudice, prejudices come out, and his prejudices about like leading a straight life. I don't know, it's just, it was a very interesting scenes, and I loved them. Matthew McConaughey is awesome in this. But he's not in it loads and loads and loads. So I, I kind of agree with Joel that he does steal the scene, but he's not in it like that much. So he's in it just the right amount. Like well-seasoned Matthew McConaughey in this film, I think. Just, just just perfect. The only thing I would say is I don't think the guy who played... Is it Alex Pettifer? I, I would say he was a bit of a weak link a little bit. I, I didn't think he was fantastic in it. A uh, bit forgettable. But then again, with Channing Tatum and Cody Horn and Matthew McConaughey, maybe that was always going to happen a little bit. And he is the cipher. And, it, you know, so maybe he wasn't meant to be, but I did think he was a little bit of a weak link. And just what Joel said, like, if you take the stripping out, but it's Magic Mike, do you know what I mean? It's about stripping. So I, I, I disagree. I think if you took the stripping I out, think you're next, taking out next a lot. Next time, uh, can I just make a point for the record? Next time we have a film about Channing Tatum, 
getting his clothes off Alex Campy character witness. Just... <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's magic, Mike XXL. I'll, I'll just clarify on a point there. I like Channing Tatum when he's got his clothes on too. <laughs> but he takes them off well as I, well. I, I so I like you both. Put, you put Hateful Eight on the shit list and he was fully clothed in that. He, 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 he also had his head blown off if you remember, if I remember correctly. So. <laughs> but he was wearing clothes yeah. at the time. He'd rather, have, he'd rather have Channing Tatum in a film with his head <laughs> and a bad, <laughs> and a bad accent. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so that's Alex's uh, standpoint on the characters. Austin, I'm, I'm fully, fully with Alex on this one. Actually, I thought the acting was pretty good. I got got behind most people. It was definitely um, what do you say? It's petty for yeah. I Alex couldn't remember his name either. Yeah, he's a weak link, but like everyone else has said, that the other guys are so good. It's you know, you, not everyone can shine throughout. You know, um, and I thought, um, what's it, Cody Horn? Is it? Mm-hmm. I actually thought she was all right. She was pretty good. It's kind of thought it was quite. Her acting was quite believable. It seemed it, it seemed like everybody was enjoying themselves, which I quite like in, in a film. You know, somebody it felt believable. So yeah, I was into it. Okay, okay, right. So I've got quite a bit to work on here. So would the guys like to do closing arguments? Yeah. Okay. You yeah. doing them? Yeah. You got one minute. Right, closing. Okay. Ar- who'd like to go first? Joel, Gav. I'll go first. Go on. Gav, take it away. One minute starting now. Okay. A tender and compelling tale of the male stripping industry that reveals it is far more complex than first thought. This is a really engaging piece driven by some outstanding performances in particular from Channing Tatum and Matthew McConaughey. Not only was it a critically popular film with an 80% fresh rating on Rotten Tomatoes, but also an incredibly financially successful one as well, making it probably the most financially successful film of 2012 gross-wise. It's fantastically well-filmed and choreographed. The dance numbers will draw you to this film, but it's the captivating, well-performed drama that will keep you watching until the credits roll. Wow. Thank you, Gav, with 20 seconds to spare. Joel, same question, closing points. you got one minute starting now. As we've seen, son, from Suicide Squad, sorry, financial kind of income means absolutely jack shit in this industry. (laughs) (laughs) Magic Mike does nothing but push kind of uh, gender equality back kind of five to ten years. (laughs) And it's just the the most generic story with a stripping storyline centred on it, sorry, and making the most of Shannon Tatum's popularity and body. Wow. <laughs> Wait, this film is the me. film that, that puts gender equality back so many years, not like every other film. With, this one with particular 30 seconds to spare, Joel. Well done. Okay, everyone calm. I am and, irate. And, and done. Scene. Finn. Okay, I'm going to consider what I've heard. Right, up some more notes. I believe we got a distraction for a bit. Yeah, yeah, we're going to have a quiz this week. So uh, it's actually the turn of Alex again. Yes. So he thought that he would try and redeem himself yes. after his first <laughs> outing during his Watchmen quiz. Oh. Billy yes. Crudup or Billy Fuckup. Yeah, really? I did uh, Billy Fuckup massively on that one. <laughs> I listened yeah. to that last week. It's that was, quite a yes, hard quiz, was wasn't quite, it? It's quite, quite quiz. tricky. Yeah. I know, yeah. I know. So, so hopefully it's a bit easier this I time. Mean, it's, a bit, it's true or false, so we've got 50-50 chance on all of them. Uh, <laughs> my, my one is some facts about uh, six facts about uh, stripping about exotic dancing and i want to you to answer whether i am strip teasing you or is it strip feasible <laughs> <laughs> so uh, firstly uh, number one 60 percent of strippers are female and only 40 percent are male is am i strip teasing you or is that strip feasible uh strip teasing uh teasing feasible i said teasing as well 
It is. I was strip teasing you. I'm sorry, Aussie. Um, it's 92 percent female. Oh, really? Female wow. Yeah. And 8 percent male. Actually, I, I should have known. I should have known that. Huge. Always. Yeah. Um. And all right. Fact two. Uh, Canada actually ended up having a stripper shortage for years, and clubs f- had to find different ways to get visas for women to be able to come in the country and fill positions. A strip tease or a strip feasible? What What caused the shortage? I, I don't know. Cold snap? Canadians have better things to do, I think. Yeah. Okay, I'm going to say strip feasible. Feasible. Uh, feasible. Yeah, same here. It is strip feasible. That is a true thing. Canada did have a shortage, a stripper shortage for years. I don't know from the fact whether they've filled, so it doesn't have a shortage now. It didn't, it didn't Island, say. Island, um, a potato famine, Canada. Stripper famine. Right, fact three. Uh, Chris Pratt, uh, who's in next week's uh, Jurassic World, uh, two, it has worked as a stripper in the past. Uh, strip teasing, or is that strip feasible? Strip teasing. Mm, yeah, teasing. He didn't look that great, did he? Ouch! <laughs> <laughs> Looked yeah. better than any of us. Yeah, you're teasing us here, you. It's strip feasible. Oh, really? Yeah, wow. he did. He, he's, he talked to Philip Schofield about it, and he said... And he said that when he was in Hawaii living in a van, he briefly worked as a stripper, but found it didn't pan out for him. He didn't actually... didn't do that well. Uh, yeah, okay. <laughs> Uh, fact four uh, strippers are often paid by the hour and they only actually get a small cut of their tips uh, feasible feasible mm, I'm going to say feasible as well yeah unfortunately I think this is fe- unfeasible I'm strip teasing you it's actually worse sadly uh, strippers actually have to pay the club to be able oh, to appear shit. in them and then they get all the money from the tips. Yeah, so having done this research, it sounds really that. awful. Yeah, yeah. Somebody Jesus. did once tell me that. Sounds very hard, yeah. and clubs often, you know, they don't have a union or anything like that, so they do get, um, it doesn't go well for them. Okay, uh, next one. Um, Richard Curtis of Four Weddings and a Funeral fame and, you know, Notting Hill, actually wanted to remake The Full Monty, but he set it in Chelsea and he wanted to call it The Full Montgomery. Uh, however, <laughs> however, however, during pre-production, he actually ran off with five hundred grand of studio money, and he went missing for six weeks. He was finally found by private investigators hired by the studio to catch him in a lay-by off the M5, <laughs> parked in a caravan, and with seven strippers living with him. <laughs> he, he insists to this day that it was research. Is that, is that a strip tease or is that a strip tease? I mean, if you've made that bullshit up, <laughs> you should write Magic Mike XXL, I'll tell you. I, I think my heart is going to leave my head on this one. I want this to be true. Strip feasible. Oh. Feasible. I want it to be feasible as well. Man, I hate Richard Curtis so much, so I really, really, really want this to be feasible. Thanks, guys. It's a strip tease. To, 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 be clear, to be clear, legally, none of that was true. None of that was true. But, but we're all, we wanted it. To but be we're now true. thinking about it, and hopefully, other people are too. Yeah, none of that. Literally, no part of that was true. So, um, so yeah. Thanks, guys. <laughs> just one. Just wanted to get my own back on Richard Curtis for for weddings and a funeral. Uh, and the last one. Um, most uh, a lot of um, strippers, exotic dancers, have a day job as well. And the most common one they do is teaching. Strip teasing, or is that strip feasible? Teaching what? Just teaching. Teaching anything? Yeah, generally teaching in, uh, in all education. Feasible. Uh, feasible. Teasable. 
teaching primary school classes in Liverpool, Alex? <laughs> I'm not going to say. <laughs> <laughs> feasible. It is strip feasible, apparently. Yeah, 12% have, uh, well, six, I think 60% have day jobs and 12% are teachers. But yeah, it's yeah. A, interesting. I don't know and of what. Does that say more about how hot teachers are these days or I, how well, poorly they're paid? I leave it up to you. Both, <laughs> <probably>. <laughs> I'm going to go with payment, to be honest. <laughs> Poor payment from the government there. A present company aside. <laughs> Thank you very much for that, Alex. You're welcome. It was a lot of fun. I don't want to see your internet history, though. <laughs> God, no, I know. Actually. <laughs> More for the Richard Curtis stuff, to be honest. Yeah, I think Richard Curtis just breathed a sigh of relief. I, just... did. I did have a lot of fun thinking that one. Oh. <laughs> Little do they know it was 10 strippers. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I think I've got everything I need to make a decision now. Now, like I said, I've never seen Magic Mike, so this has just gone purely on what I've heard tonight. Um... I think there were some good points about characters. That was the second point everyone made. Um, there seems to be a general consensus that Alex Pettifer was not as good as Gav made him out to be. There was a bit of a weak link there. But the rest of the cast seemed at least solid. Uh, McConaughey apparently uh, did a really good job. Everyone agreed on that. And the general consensus from the character witnesses seemed to be that Channing Tatum did a decent job as well. And the rest of the cast seemed to be solid, I think, is, is fair to say. Um, the storyline, Joel's made a few good points about that. I think maybe when I watch it, I may see where he's coming from. But maybe the storyline's not meant to be that that good. I mean, let's face it, you don't sit down and watch Magic Mike and expect, you know, something as complex as Citizen Kane or something like that. It's not really what you're expecting. So, although I think that maybe Joel's onto something with the storyline, maybe not being as, as complex as it could have been, not really going into some of the issues it could have done, I don't think that was ever going to be expected. So I think that's fair enough. Um, Joel, I, I really think uh, Joel made a good point about the objectification of men. It is actually quite topical at the moment. It is in the news. I don't know if you guys noticed. Uh, someone was talking about Poldark and how loads of women have got pictures of Aidan Turner, star of Poldark, up on the walls and stuff like that. And they have meetings and discuss them. They have Poldark parties and what have you. And it is, and they, they make comments on Twitter about his, his shirtless scenes. And someone did point out, it was a female broadcaster, pointed out the, the double standards insofar as if that was men doing that about a female actor, a, a female actor they would be torn apart on on the social media scene. And it is a fair point. I don't want to come down either side of it, to be honest with you, but I think what what makes this, what really, uh, the point that's hinged on this, the hinge, my, my opinion hinges on, is that it is different. The the sort of uh, the female aspect of female strippers and male strippers, it is a very different sort of environment in a lot of ways. I know... Uh, a few women that I've, I've worked with that I know that have went to see male strippers like the the Dream Boys. If you've ever heard of them, they went to see them, and they went with their mums, they went with their sisters, they went with their mates. It's it's a laugh. It is different than when guys talk about going to see female strippers. It is a very different sort of scenario. So I'm not condoning it. I'm not saying that the, the double standard is acceptable, but it does actually exist, and it it it, it is there. So although Joel's pointed it out. I don't think the film can be held accountable for it. It didn't come up with that double standard. It shouldn't be blamed for that double standard. And I think from what I've heard, this sounds like a decent enough film. I'm going to put it on the hit list. Thank you very much well, there, Dave. Well, well said, Dave. Yeah, yeah well said. I, yeah, as I said before, I think there is, I mean, going to see something like the Dream Boys or the Dream Boats or whatever you called it, I mean, honestly, I don't, don't know. Don't pretend you don't know. <laughs> I've never heard of it, honestly, mate. Uh, uh, so, yeah, it is sort You're of like a fun You're on the mailing list, I'm pretty sure. <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> uh, no, it is like a, it's a fun night out, isn't it? It's a bit of a laugh, mm. a bit of a joke. Whereas, you know, whereas if you hear a guy saying, it? oh, I'm going to the strip club with my dad, it's just a bit like, uh, 
really. <laughs> That's a night out. It's, it just gets a bit ominous, I think. It is, it is different. Well, Whether, it, I'm not saying it's acceptable, the double standard, but it does exist. But this film's not to blame for it. No. Anyway. It's talking about it, yeah. Mm. Um, genuine opinions, Joel? Genuine opinion? Well, to be honest... Like, when I found out I was going to prosecute this film, that's exactly the first thing that I thought of. And I went online, and there's tons and tons and tons of material about it. And it was quite nice to hear Dave kind of actually stick up for it, rather than you three knobheads, to be fair. <laughs> <laughs> but um, that said, you know, I was... And I do think it's a natural thing, especially with Magic Mike, like kind of drooling over Shang Tatum and Matthew McConaughey. I do think if you flipped it over, then it, it 100% wouldn't be acceptable. Yeah. And I think we would be sat here just absolutely ripping it to shreds. So I do think it's something that, that but, people have but, to but look don't at. You think that... But then I do agree with what Dave said, that it is a completely different environment and girls do go, you know, for a laugh. Uh, and when I watched the film, I was entertained, but it's one of them films, and I've said it a few times, when I always give my opinion, but I'll never kind of watch it again. Right. You know, it's kind of one of them films that you watch once and you think, ah, that was all right. But I don't understand the whole hype behind it. And the only kind of reason that i think that hype is behind it is because of all the women that absolutely fucking love the film well i don't, I don't yeah, think all, yeah i don't think there's a lot of people unless you're like a major shannon tatum fan like brucey um that are watching this film and absolutely rating it like five out of five stars i do think that a lot of that has come from has come from the women and that's why the film is so popular and that's why the film also grossed a lot i think if you look at the kind of uh people the kind of demographic of people that watched it at the cinema. Us five lads, when that came out, wouldn't have gone, do you fancy going to see Magic Mike at the weekend? That just wouldn't have happened. Because yep. it's a film about male strippers. It's not because it's... Yeah, exactly, but that's my point. If it was a film about female strippers, then we might have gone. <laughs> <laughs> I, 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 I tell you right now, I don't think we would have. Mate. I think it's, a th- it's, it's the target audience, isn't it? We are not the target audience for Magic Mike. Yeah. And although we may be a target audience for a film about female strippers, we're never going to admit to being so. Yeah, and we would actually renege. I think, judging by the five guys in this room, I think we would all renege against being the target audience for that and flat out refuse to see it. Might watch it on my own. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but it's Steven Soderbergh directing this as well, you know. So he's mm. a good director, and he, do, you know, he does. He makes a really good film about strip, about male strippers, where where you do end up thinking and talking about these like topics. So is it as good as Showgirls though? Because that, that you know, I've seen Showgirls. <laughs> anyway, right. I actually thought it was really good. Uh, in total contrast to that, I thought it was a good film. No, I'm not the demographic, and uh, yeah, same. And I thought it was a lot deeper and more nuanced than a film about strippers. My should be. Uh, genuine opinion. <laughs> it's allowed to be. <laughs> My genuine opinion on it is I didn't really like it that much, to be honest. Um, I, I, I do uh, actually think that it was a bad film for gender uh, equality, not for the reasons that Joel's stating, though, just for the reasons that all of the female characters in it are just oh, ridiculously, rubbish. Yeah, ridiculously no... rubbish. They're paper thin. Um, to, we mentioned about uh, I forgot what her name is now Cody Horn yeah. Cody Horn's character is just there just to be the kind of stick in the mud nah and, she's more than that no, I think. no, no, nah, no she, she is no, no, she is and, uh, she was telling me so my girlfriend was telling me the other day about this test it's not the Bechdel test it sounds really interesting I tried to do a bit of research to find it but it's a test to see in a film the stick in the mud girlfriends right if they put their foot down and say oh no you shouldn't be doing this or don't do that don't have fun guys don't go off and have a good time would the film, if it stopped there, 
uh, it, would it end the film? But would it, you know, like, would the fun stop essentially? So, so when she says to her brother, <laughs> "Okay, don't go into the stripping business," if he was to turn around and say, "Okay, you know what I mean," is the film over essentially? And it is, you know what I mean? It's like it's it's ridiculous. She says it right at the beginning, and it takes ages for it to come around to it as well. Every time you know, we we interact with her, she's like sort of. Um, moody and just it's just a stereotype to be honest and no I, d- I completely disagree i don't think she's i think there's more to the character than that definitely well what, what about the other female characters yeah there aren't many exactly you know it's <laughs> it's not and also i, I agree as well the, the, the story is really drawn out as well i thought it would have been really interesting if it was something like the full monty i was comparing it to the entire time full monty was absolutely brilliant there's there's always the question of the sort of um sexuality in it as well whereas with this everybody's just that sort of beige heterosexual you know what i mean it's just sort of like it's just given that they're all manly macho straight men you know what i mean there's no sort of question about sexuality there's no question about insecurity it's just sort of like them just yeah let's go out and get our dicks out sort of thing (laughs) (laughs) that should have been the tagline (laughs) 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 anyway anyway right um so higher or lower than shadow of vampire what was Shadow of a Vampire? Just to say hi or lower, what and then I'll tell you what it is. Hi or lower than Shadow of a Vampire? We lower. do this every week. Well, I'm going gonna, gonna to guess about 8.4. So what? I, so you're saying higher? Yeah. Yeah, in which case higher. Shadow of a Vampire was 6.8, so higher or lower? Okay, uh, higher. higher. Just. Higher, all I'm higher. I'm saying higher, yeah, definitely. It's actually lower, 6.1. Oh, really? Well. Yeah, yeah. Okay, uh, so before we call it a day, uh, let's have a little caption contest. So I've taken a screenshot of the film and I've put it on Twitter and asked our friends and followers to provide a caption. And it is the scene where Matthew McConaughey comes out as a shirtless Uncle Sam. <laughs> <laughs> Thought you were going with some other scene. <laughs> it's not the screenshot of Matthew McConaughey's rectum. It's the one where he comes out as a shirtless uh, Uncle Sam and he stood next to two of the strippers and they're dressed as like sort of buff soldiers. So you guys have just t- got to decide which is the best com- uh, comment or caption and the winner will win a freddo okay so the first one masculinity on sale yeah okay yeah, uh, number okay. two i am so sorry for you uh i, d- I don't know whether it, it, that's supposed to be uncle sam you know might just be a dig at us to be honest with you. <laughs> oh, <right. laughs> i haven't to watch this i thought it was uncle sam consoling somebody who just lost <laughs> so, i'm wow. so sorry so wow <laughs> that's dark okay uh, n- number three will lead the military parade <laughs> or the next one when the army asked the recruitment office to think outside the box for their new posters this wasn't entirely <laughs> what they had in mind like that. yeah that's quite good okay all right so congratulations amelia Murray. you have just won yourself a flipping freddo boom <laughs> leave it alone <laughs> leave that poor frog alone <laughs> okay so before we draw uh, it to a close today just to say that we have pulled the next film out of the hat that we're going to review next week and it is going to be Gravity. Uh, so how are people feeling about that film? Uh, okay, I've seen it once. I've seen it once. Love it. What am I doing? I hope, am I defending? Which okay. one's Gravity? <laughs> uh, Mr. Bean in Space, as Gav likes to call it. The Sandra Bullock one. <laughs> oh, sorry, I've seen, I've seen that one. Now, now that yeah, line's yeah. been used, if he's a prosecution, can you yeah, not yeah. be able to use it? <laughs> <laughs> Thanks a lot, Dave. Right. In the role of defence, we have got Brucey. Boom. In the role of prosecution, my good self. Boom. I think we know how, what my feelings are towards that. Great. Uh, in the role of character witness, we've got Dave and Ozzy. And in the role of judge, we've got Joel again. 
Uh, so just to say thank you very much for everybody who has listened to this episode and to all of our previous episodes. You can catch all of our future content and our previous content on our website, filmsontrial.co.uk or on iTunes. You can catch us on Twitter at Film Trials. Why not give us a follow? And you can also suggest a film for us to review. We will put it in the hat and eventually get around to putting it on trial. Whilst you're also on Twitter, why not check out our friends and collaborators, Austin Ray and Winston Sang, our music producer and graphic artist, respectively, at Aussie Ray and at the underscore quirks. And why not check us out on all the other social media? You've got Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube, Films on Trial. So... Magic Mike is on the hit list and we will be in your ears next week with Gravity. Thank you very much, everybody, and goodbye. (laughs) 